Um, I believe what I'll say today, what the Lord gives me to say, because he has to give it to me. I'm not prepared for this, except by the Spirit. I pray that what he speaks through me as I flow speaks to you where you are. Been praying over the last, well, I always pray, walk and pray, kneel and pray, lay and pray. And I've been questioning God. Asking God, what's wrong with me? Because when you compare yourself with others and you see their progress and you see their manifestation, you know you're living right. Walking upright with God. You search yourself to make sure there's no sin. No hidden sin, no presumptuous sin. And yet, you don't see the progress or the manifestation that others have or that you think you should have by now. I'm not going to ask is anybody in that situation because I know most of us, if we're real, look at ourselves and say, Lord, what, what's wrong with me? And um, I felt like this emptiness and this heaviness that I've had to just battle my way through it. And I know how to come and have church and I know how to come and praise, and I know how to come and sing, and I know how to come and preach. I can do it out of my sleep. And yet, it doesn't, uh, you feel unsatisfied because you know as much as God has done for you, there's more. In fact, I've been just sensing for 2024 that 2024 is the year of more, much more. But you're like, okay, God, well, what do I have to do? Or what am I doing wrong? Or what am I not doing right? What am I saying wrong or what am I not saying right? I know the principles of faith. I know the laws of faith. I know the laws of the kingdom. I know the laws of prosperity. I know these things. And I, I, in, my, in my estimation, I'm working these things. I tithe. I sow. I give. I partner. I give alms. I, 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 I bless the poor. I, I, I feed the people. I, I do these things. And I'm saying, God, when oh God what's wrong and I, I, I remind myself God I know there's nothing wrong with you 
So Lord, what's wrong with me? Why am I not on their level? Why don't I have what they have yet? Why, why don't we have 3,000 yet? Why is this property taking so long? What, what's happening? And I pray 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 and like you know you hear nothing. Pray and I 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 pray and no answer. You pray and 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 you pray. You pray and you pray and you pray. You pray to the point that you feel like, well, what's the use in praying? Y'all just help me just for one moment. Is there anybody else who feels what I feel? Okay. And uh, I'm praying this morning. Praying this morning. And uh, I saw Brother Chris send me a text about this word he had. I said, okay, well, all right. Well, give me the, tell me the word. Or before you tell the church, tell me the word. And, and I read the word. I was like, God, man. Lord, you're saying something. It's just, I got it, but I don't feel it. Now, I know, I, I pray, especially some of you new believers, Isaiah, Ms. Dawn, I heard you got born again the other night. Uh, um, I, I pray that what I say here in Nisla doesn't disappoint you. Because sometimes you look at your pastor and you say, well, the pastor is always on. The pastor always does everything right. The pastor always is always in faith. The pastor is always up. pastor's faith never wavers. The pastor never questions God because he tells us not to question God. I want to remind you that when I finish preaching, I have to go back home and be with me. And I'm walking this, saint, this thing out. I'm walking it out. I thank God for where he's brought me, but I know in my spirit, there's exponentially more. There's more. Thank God for what he's done. We celebrated 25 years in ministry, and look what God has done in 25 years yet. But I look at some churches, and I'm like, how are they in nine years, and they got 10,000 people? Influencing cities and regions, I say, God, what's wrong with me? Am I not pleasing to you? What am I doing wrong? What am I missing? I was praying this morning. And I'm not going to tell you, Dominic, I heard some booming voice from God. Lightning did not flash. Thunder did not roll. But what I heard was this. What you're dealing with 
are spirits of containment. Because I'm searching inside, Joy. I'm searching inside. What am I? There's no sin. I can say that. I can, I can say that. I'm not in sin. I don't have no secret sins, no private sins, no presumptuous sin. If, if I ever even, even feel like I'm in sin, I'm repenting so quick. So I know it's not sin. Am I not intelligent enough? Am I not charismatic enough? Am I not? What, what is it? And he said, you're dealing with spirits of containment. I never, I don't know what it is. And I, I, so I came to church and I'm, I still get dressed. I got my message ready. Me to have my message yesterday. Get my message ready. I'm going to preach. But I, I feel empty. I know none of y'all have ever gone through that where you just feel sometimes empty. Can't get in dress and come to church and saying hi, good morning, everybody. How you doing? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. How you doing, Pastor? Just fine. Great. But I'm empty. And I got to come see if you're empty, you can be empty and sit there. But if I'm empty, I still got to come stand up here. So before my wife walked out of my office, I said, hey, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. Pray for me. I said, what's wrong? I said, I have nothing. I got a message. I had a message. I got my notes. But in here I have nothing. And I can't preach on nothing. Because if I preach on nothing, there's no anointing. There's no oil on it. Just be an exercise in futility, just wasting time. Now, I know there are pastors who do this across the world, especially this nation, every single day. They preach on nothing. Sin in their lives. Nothing. They're just charismatic, good personalities, know how to string points together. But in reality, it's nothing. So the people remain broken, sick, busted, disgusted. But I'm a shepherd. I'm not a reverend. I'm not just a preacher. I'm a shepherd. And so my goal is for you as sheep, to, for him to anoint your head with oil. Well, I got to bring the oil. I said, babe, I need you to pray for me. And she didn't even know what to pray fully. I just said, just pray on him. Just, just pray. Thank God for a wife who hears from God, who speaks to God, who walks with God. And she laid her hands on me, began to pray. And I, I couldn't pray with her. I didn't say anything. I just, just sat and let her pray. 
Sometimes you don't, don't need to say much. Just don't, just, you ask somebody to pray, just let them pray. She prayed. And uh, bless me. She said, she, said, she said, you want me to pinch hit for you? In other words, she was willing to come up here and preach today to you. And I said, no. I said, I have to preach my way through this. I got to preach my way through this. And because uh, that's what you do. If you're a praiser, you praise your way through stuff. You preach, you preach your way through stuff. And trust the grace of God. And so I sat there, Deacon, after she walked out. I said, Lord, tell me something. Explain to me in scripture what I heard you speak to me in prayer this morning. So I want to walk you through it. And today we're going to talk about, it's a new subject media, victory over containing spirits. Victory over containing spirits. And I don't have an outline can't tell you what verses we're going to hit, but I want to show you some places. I don't know how long I'm going to take. They got, I got 45 minutes left. Uh, I might finish in 15. I don't know. I might finish in two hours. I don't know. But if, if one more person aside from me gets victory, that's what I'm here. That's what I'm here to, here to do. So, I got a few intercessors in here. I want you to intercede for your pastor. I need utterance from the Spirit of God this morning. Because I believe that what, what we say will not just destroy yokes for pastor but destroy yokes of people all over this sanctuary. And those who may be watching now and in the future. So let's look at 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. You mind staying with me? No, no, not I, him staying with me. I need you to stand because I don't, I don't know what I'm going to read. I don't know where I'm reading. Yeah, him, not you. You can sit down. 2 Kings 6, verse 1. And I'm just going to flow and see what the Lord says on each one. Are you there? Because I, as I read this in my office, I began to see what's happening. It says, and the sons of the prophets 
said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. The sons of the prophets said, Elisha is the main character through this entire chapter. Prophet of God, man of God. You'll see him called sometimes the prophet, sometimes called here the man of God. But Elisha is leading a bunch of prophets under him, a bunch of sons. And uh, if you allow today for the purpose of this message, of this talk, I'm your Elisha. You're my sons and daughters. Some of you are already true sons and daughters already. I need to tell you that. You already are my sons and daughters. Some of you. Some of you are members, and that's wonderful. But Elisha's son said, hey, where we dwell with you is too small for us. What this means is, is that they begun to grow. This was a, this was a, a, a new revelation to them. We've been okay for a while, but now where we are, Elisha, is too small for us. This means, thank you, Holy Spirit. When I hit this, he just began to flood me. This means we're growing. Because you don't say where we're dwelling is too small unless you're getting bigger. So the place where we dwell is too small for us. How much longer can we stay in this little building? How much longer can we stay in this place? That place may not be a building. How long can you stay in this place, this State, this condition, where I am is too small for me. It's too small for us. So notice their suggestion. Please let us go to the Jordan. Let every band take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. So when the prophet said go, that was their commissioning to get big, commissioning to increase. Y'all stick with me. I don't have any notes. I don't have any profound statements to give you. I need you to hear by the Spirit. Now, some of you, may this may not do anything for you because you're cool where you are and you're not getting any resistance from the enemy. But if anybody feels what I feel and knows what I know, you're in the same boat. They said, let's go to Jordan. Let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. Then one said, please consent to go with your servant. So yeah, uh, we want to go, but man of God, we can't go without you. So there's a connection between 
us and our progress and your presence. So Elisha has, he's the, if you allow this, covering for all these sons and they can't go up, they can't go unless he goes. So Elisha plays a pivotal role in their increase. Elisha, he plays a critical role in their growth. Elisha, we want to go, we want to grow, we want to go, we want to grow, we want to go, we want to grow, but we can't go and grow without you. This man Elisha was powerful. This man Elisha was powerful. Elisha, you remember, was the one that God told Elijah to go and anoint to take over your position. Elisha was the one, if you recall, was the one who walked with Elijah and when Elijah was about to leave the planet, he asked Elisha, what shall I do for you? What do you want? And Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want your essence. He didn't say a double portion of your anointing. He said a double portion of your spirit. In other words, I want what you have, who you are, in double measure. And Elijah told Elisha, he said, if you see me when I'm taken up, 1 Kings 19, if you see me when I'm taken up, then, then you'll have what you desire. And Elisha was so determined to get this anointing. In other words, the anointing is costly. And when all the other prophets were just standing from a distance, Elisha was standing close by. Elisha was following. Elisha wouldn't let Elijah shake him. Elijah tried to leave him at Jordan, leave him at Bethel, leave him here and there, leave him at Gilgal. And, and Elisha, Elisha said, no, 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 no man of God, you can't leave me. I'm going with you everywhere you go. Because there's a cost and a price for the anointing. There's a cost and a price for that mantle. And Elisha was willing to pay the cost to have that mantle upon his life. This mantle was necessary because it would be what God would use in the years to come to deliver a nation. And I'm, I'm going to talk personally on some things here. Many times I've often wondered, God, why me? Why couldn't I just hang out with everybody else? Why couldn't I just run the streets with everybody else? Why couldn't I do what all my friends do or even what all my other preacher friends did? It caused me to realize over time that there was a cost for this mantle that not everyone's willing to pay. But you paid the cost. 
And so, as Elisha paid the price for the mantle, I paid the price for the mantle. And these sons of God, they said, hey, we want to go and we want to grow, but we can't go and grow without you. 2 Kings 6, verse 4. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So uh, when they were following Elisha, some of them, at least one we know, they were in debt. Wanting to grow, but got in debt. Wanting to increase, but got in debt. But because they had enough sense to stay connected. And bring, imagine if they hadn't asked Elisha to go with them. If, oh, Jesus. I, I need you to understand the kind of warfare I'm in. Why it's important for you to pray for your pastor and not just pray for your car. because I'm going to say this with, with as much boldness as I can, your going and your growth is tied to me. You're not in a regular church. You're not in some regular church. You're just going, sing you three little songs and, you know, do your cute little welcome and a hymn and go home and, and eat. No, this, you're, in, you're in a church, uh, apostolic, prophetic church. And so it's important that you stay connected to your apostolic prophetic covering. Because when this man's axe head fell off, because the man of God was there, he was, he was in the journey, he was in the process, he was in the fray with them, then God could use that anointed man of God for a miracle. And this man, the Bible says, he says it was borrowed. Let me keep reading. So the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he, Elijah, Elisha, cut off a stick and threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. So in other words, God used Elisha to get this man out of debt. So no wonder when... When you connect properly, one of the miracle manifestations in your life is that God will deliver you out of debt because most people go in debt because they're trying to grow or they're trying to go somewhere. I'll find, I'll find my audience somewhere. They're trying to go. They're trying to grow, trying to become something. And so notice, notice that Elisha didn't ridicule him for being in debt. He didn't call him an idiot, some stupid, some, idiot, uh, some, some ignoramus for having gotten in debt. He understood. He was trying to grow. That's why Pastor Kim and I, we don't condemn you for getting in debt. We understand. You're trying to grow. You're trying to go. We're not going to be mad at you. But when you're ready to come out, there's an anointing available. There's a word of wisdom available. There's a miracle available to get you out of that debt. God wrought. Theologians tell us from just from study. Remember that Elisha asked Elijah for a double portion of his spirit. 
Records tell us that Elisha performed twice as many miracles as Elijah. This is a mighty miracle man. In fact, we read about Eli Elisha's anointing in the 14th chapter. In the 14th chapter, the children of Israel had been attacked. And um, at the season where they were attacked, they lost one of their soldiers. And at that season, the Bible says that um, because they didn't have time to dig a new grave for this soldier, they threw that dead soldier's body into the grave where Elisha had been buried. And the Bible records that as soon as that dead soldier's dead body made contact with Elisha's dry bones, that that dead soldier resurrected, came back to life. There is so much anointing, residual anointing in Elisha's bones that a dead soldier was raised to life. That's how anointed this man was. Even dead. How anointed he was. So you go back in chapter 6. You see Elisha being used for growth. Elisha being used for expansion. Elisha being used for increase. We preach that here. Growth, expansion, and increase. On your life, on your business, on your investments, on your properties, on your, on your family, on your career, everything that pertains to you. Growth and expansion and increase. So the devil can see this man is dangerous. I'm just encouraging myself. The Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm encouraging myself. And the devil understood how dangerous Elisha was. And I'm telling you, because you're sons of the prophets, the devil sees you and he understands how dangerous you are. Who am I talking to today? He understands how dangerous you are. I've been telling you over the last few weeks that you're not some ordinary person. The devil's afraid of your divine potential. Hopefully I'll preach next Sunday what I was going to preach today. You'll get it about potential. But I want you to understand that you are, you are dangerous. The devil's, he's not afraid of, 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 of your present. He's afraid of your future. So he's got a, he's got a, 
He got to stop you in your present. He doesn't know exactly what your future holds, but he's seen it before. He's seen what happens when you have a blood-washed blood child of God who's sold out based on the word, built in the Holy Ghost. If they'll keep on going, if they won't stop, we see what you can do if you'll do it by faith. And so tell your neighbor, you're a threat. You're a threat. You're a threat. Spirit of containment. Spirits of containment. Because I'm not giving you a name of a devil, a name of a demon. I'm not telling you there's a, a, a devil, a demon called the spirit of containment. I'm talking about spirits. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Daniel prayed and fasted 21 days unintentionally. He set himself to pray and to fast, to hear God. And the 21st day, the angel shows up and says, uh, hey, I'm, man of God, I'm here with your answer. He said, I want to tell you something. The Lord heard you on day one. And he sent me on day one with your answer. But I ran into some obstruction. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I ran into some obstruction in the atmosphere. In other words, I was trying to get your answer to you that would give you a revelation that would break the people out, but there was some obstruction in the atmosphere that I couldn't get past. It's an angel sense. I couldn't get past this principality that set over this region. I couldn't get through it on my own. So I had to wait for reinforcements to come. And Michael had to come with all his angels and help me get through so I could get your answer to you. I remember this morning I was praying and when I heard spirits of containment, I began to say, Lord, I ask you to send Michael, your angel, and all his angels to break through to me what's contained, what's been holding me back. Because it's not in here, it's out there. You must understand there are strategic strongholds that have been placed around you and against you because the devil knows if he lets you through, you are a threat to him. Say spirits of containment. Tell them you're going to be all right. Tell them what you're dealing with right now. If you're walking right, if you're living right, if you're obeying God, you're dealing with spirits of containment. But you're about to get the victory. 
I said, you're about to get the victory. Over here, I said, you're about to get the victory. I know it's been a long time, but you're about to get the victory. I know you've been waiting and praying and fasting and giving, but you're about to get the victory over these spirits that have been holding you back, that have been holding you down, that have been holding you from. You're about to get your victory. Give that a shout about it right Try me. Know me. See if there be any wicked thing in me. God, search me. I've been asking God every day, search me. Try me. Know me. See if there be any wicked thing in me. God, what's wrong? What's wrong? What am I doing wrong? What am I not doing right? And this morning I heard, it's not you. There are spirits of containment. Now, now, I, I'm a, I, I used to be an avid sports fan. Now I watch sports randomly. And I remember uh, there were days, of, uh, the, the, the greatest player of all time in basketball was a guy named Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan was so great and so renowned for his greatness, he was proficient in every, every skill in basketball. And what opposing teams did was, they, the coaches had this resolve. They said, listen, we know we can't stop him, we can only try to contain him. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. Ask your neighbor, did you hear what he just said? The coaches said, we know we can't stop him. Our only hope is to contain him. In other words, we know he's going to score, but we're going to try to limit how much. We, 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 know, we know he's going to shoot, but we're going to try to limit how much. So what we're going to do is, 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 is not give him just open shots, but we're going to be all in his face. Yes, sir. We're gonna antagonize yes, him. We're gonna, yes, sir. we're gonna, we're gonna harass him. We're gonna, on, we're gonna shove yes, him sir. because we can't stop him. But the best we can do is harass him and contain him. And hopefully, we can just by sheer strength and just wear him out. That's why the Bible says, "Be not weary in well doing, for in due season you will reap." If you faint not, I looked up. I was sitting right there, praise and worship, and I'm battling. Lord, I got I got a message to preach. I got a message already typed out. I got. I said, 
No, I got I to preach this because I, I, I got to preach my way through this. Look at this word containment. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. And see if it doesn't resonate with you. This is from Webster's Dictionary. The act, process, or means of keeping something within limits. I'll read it again. The act, process, or means of keeping something, I want to throw in someone, within limits. In other words, we'll let you get so far Who besides me feels like you know you've made moves, you've made progress, you've made strides, but it's like an invisible barrier. That's it. That's it. You, you can testify, rejoice when you look how far you've come. But it's like I keep bumping my head. There's some, there's some reason I, I can't get the next level. I can't get the next level to turn over. I can't get the next thing. I can't. I, I, I feel like I'm, I heard one preacher describe the spirit of almost. It's like I, I, I keep almost hitting it. I keep almost making it. I keep almost landing a contract. I keep almost getting the prayer. I, I keep almost. And I want to tell you today, it's not because you're doing something wrong. That's if you're living right. It's because you're living right. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I just heard that. It's because you're living right. And what the devil is most afraid of is somebody with money and integrity. Somebody with influence and integrity. Somebody with position and integrity. Somebody with a big platform and integrity. He don't mind that dishonest, unscrupulous shyster getting the money, getting the platform, getting the venue, getting the big... The, he don't mind that. But when you let somebody who's going to walk right and live right and serve God and be holy, oh, he don't want you to have it. So he's got to go through the act. Thank you, media. Y'all found that. That's great. The act, process, or means of keeping something... Or someone within limits. Oh, Jesus. Why? There's a second definition to this. It says the policy, process, or result of preventing the expansion of a hostile power. 
or ideology. I'll read it again. Media, they'll, they'll, this media team is on, on it. They'll, they'll find it. The policy, process, or result of preventing the expansion of a hostile power or ideology. So the devil has a policy of preventing your expansion. The thief only comes to steal and to kill. That's his policy. And he's trying to prevent the expansion of a hostile power. You are a hostile power. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you are a hostile power. You're hostile against his kingdom. And you have a different ideology in the world. Be not conformed to this world. See, you're not conformed to this world. You've been transformed by the window of your mind, so you have a different ideology in the world. So he don't want you to expand and begin to promote your ideology. He don't want you to have a big platform and begin to preach and teach about holiness and faith and the kingdom and, and prosperity and living right. He don't want you to preach that. You have a hostile ideology. So he's trying to keep you from expanding, Christopher. Can I keep going? I got 13 minutes. I, because I haven't even shown you in Elijah's story the containment. But you're going to see it. 2 Kings 6. Remember now, Elisha, just like you, Nat, are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. So I must put confusion, I must bring disorder, I must bring chaos, I must bring opposition, I must bring harassment, I must bring agitation, I must bring strife, I must bring pressure, I must bring everything I can. Yo, 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 can, can I explain something to you? I'm going back to Michael Jordan. In basketball, you play five against five. So when a team decides we're going to contain Michael Jordan, they're going to guard him with two players or three players. Which means that, uh, that on Jordan's team, there's some other guys that are open. But what the other team says is, they're no threat. Let them shoot. We ain't worried about them. Let them shoot. But the reason we got to put two or three against Jordan is because he's the biggest threat. So the reason the devil's bringing all kind of devils against you, and you wonder why they ain't going through all this, is because you are a bigger threat than they are. If you were not a threat, he wouldn't bother you. He wouldn't double team and triple team you. That's why Paul said we are troubled on every, every side. Because he was a threat. So I got to continue. So now, 2 Kings 6 verse 8. 
And the king of Syria is making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God, this is now, this is Elisha. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. So Elisha would tell the king of Israel about what the king of Syria was doing. Verse 10, then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there not just once or twice. So notice this prophetic voice is giving warnings that save the people. Now y'all are sons of the prophet. Three of y'all. Y'all are sons of the prophet. That means God gives you warnings. He gives you word. He gives you wisdom that if you release what God showed you, it's going to save your family. It's going to save your community. It's going to save your, it's going to save a generation. Everybody say, I am a prophetic voice. Verse 11. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who was in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. God reveals things to his prophets. Verse 13. So he said, go and see where he is that I may sin and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Now watch verse 14. Everybody say containment. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. He sent horses and chariots and a great... Now he's looking for one man. Now he, he was going to... He was, had all of his army, his horses and chariots, to fight Israel's army. But he hears, my problem ain't the army. My problem is one man. So I got to contain this one. Because if I can contain this one, I can beat the whole army. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Everybody say surrounded the city. When you surround, when you, surround you are trying to contain somebody. He can't go out. He can't come in. He can't move. He can't move freely. We have him surrounded. I heard somebody sing a song. It may look like I'm surrounded. But don't forget that. that. Watch this in a second. Watch this in a second. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out there, went out, there was an army surrounded the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said, to him. This is how I felt this morning before Pastor Kim laid her hands on me. Alas, my master, what shall we do? I feel like I ain't gonna make it. Feel like I'm suffocating. Feel like I can't breathe. Alas, what are we gonna do? I said, man, you gotta pray for me. I got nothing. I felt like I couldn't breathe in just emotionally and spiritually. How do I come out here in front of you and I feel like I can't breathe myself? Alas, my master, what shall we do? Oh, God. So he, Elisha, answered. You better highlight this. Do not fear. 
Praise and worship. This was ministering to me right there. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. I'm telling you, you feel harassed. You feel like the devil's containing you. You feel like he's agitating you. Feel like you're about to lose it. Feel like ain't nothing going to work. I'm telling you what God is telling me through this scripture. Do not fear. For here's the good news. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now the reason this servant was afraid was panicking because all he saw were those who were with them. He couldn't see those who were with us. He saw the enemy's numbers but couldn't see his numbers. Who was this for this morning? And the reason, if you're like me, why you panic is because you see what the enemy has. And we need a revelation. We need our eyes to be open. Because the devil will drag all the opposition right in front of you, parade all your, all your enemies. He'll parade all your opponents. He'll parade all the opposition in front of you and get you so focused on that you can't see what you have. He said, for those who are with us are more than those And Pastor Kim prayed. And now Pastor John is praying. And saying, Lord, I pray. Open his eyes that they may see. Put your hands on your eyes right now. I declare, Lord, open their eyes that they may see. Now, this is what I'm going to say to you. Make it personal. Lord, open their eyes. Open their eyes. Open their eyes that they may see. I came out for praise and worship. My eyes popped open. As I got in this prophetic praise atmosphere, my eyes popped open. And I saw, wait a minute. Look around. Look what the Lord has done. Look at who the Lord has brought. There are more with us than there are with them. He said, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw and watched what he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire 
all around Elijah. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elijah prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people, I pray with the blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And I'm not trying to read the rest of the story, but what happens is the people, the enemy went blind. Elisha led them over back another way and then said, now, Lord, open their eyes again, let them see. And they saw they were somewhere, they saw they were somewhere around it. He said, now, what we're going to do, we're going to cook y'all some food and send y'all on home. Get, get the step and don't come back here no more. <laughs> You Syrians, go on and don't mess with us no more. Now watch what happened. Elisha has a personal victory over containing spirits. Remember I taught you maybe last year the devil wants a rematch? Tell your neighbor, he's coming again. He's coming again. Because he's going to strategize. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You remember Elijah? When Elijah, God sent him to the brook Cherith in the middle, middle of a drought. And God said, I'm going to feed you with ravens. Every day and every night. Yes, sir. And Elijah saw a personal miracle of provision. Yes, sir. But then the brook dried up and God said, I want you to go to Zarephath. There's a woman there, a widow. She's going to sustain you. And then he went to the Zarephath. This woman who ran out of everything. Now he gets a word that sustains her and her son. Yes, so notice that Elijah had a personal victory. And then God, because of that, he was equipped for a larger victory for somebody else. I want you to know that every victory you have, God's giving you victory after victory after victory and equipping you to take victory for your whole family. Take victory for your whole neighborhood. Take victory for your whole community. Take victory for your whole generation. Can somebody give God a shout of praise right now? So watch. So we just saw in 2 Kings 6 how Elisha was, the enemy was trying to contain Elisha by himself. Now the chapter's not done. Because after he sent this band of raiders away, look at verse 24. And it happened after this that Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. To besiege is to contain. Okay, y'all, you missing it. The first time he tried to contain Elisha. Just one. But Elisha got the victory. So now Elisha's prepared for a bigger platform. Thank you. Somebody over here will get this in a minute. If you can get victories in private, you'll be ready for a bigger platform 
for victories in public. There's some, thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, man. There are some things, some things that God will let you go through. I didn't say God put you through it. There are some things God's going to let you go through. Tribulation works patience. And patience works experience. And experience hope. So when you go through a little bit of trouble, a little trial on your personal level, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Because your personal victory equips you with some experience. Your experience equips you with some hope. So when God gives you a bigger level and a bigger platform and a bigger stage and your whole family going through it or your neighborhood's going through it or your church is going through it, you can say, I got the answer already. We're going to make it. We're going to be all right. We're going to be just fine because I've already been through this once. I've been through this before and God gave me the victory back then. And I am sure. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. I'll, I'll let you go, I'll let you go, I'll let you go. Verse 24, it happened after this, the king of, uh, uh, king of Syria, Ben Haddad, gathered all his army and besieged Samaria. And watch verse 25. And there was a great famine in Samaria. Samaria. Everybody's feeling empty. Everybody's dried out. It's bad. And indeed, they besieged it, contained it, until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and one-fourth of a cab of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. In other words, the inflation was so high because they were contained. And, and the point is to, of, of containing you is to get you to quit, to get you to give up, to get you to give in. And they want to starve you till you die. You're either going to die or you're going to give in and quit. That's what the enemy wants. I want you to see why the devil is trying to contain you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, verse 26. Then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him, saying, help my lord, O king. He said, if the lord doesn't help you, where can I find help for you? From the, from the threshing floor, from the wine press, so on and so forth. I don't, I don't tell him to read, read through all that. But I want you to catch what happens because Elisha has already had a victory over personal containment. Now the nation is going to get victory because of the testimony, the prophetic word of a man who's had personal victory. Chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elisha said, who said? Remember the same one? Who is contained in chapter 6? Yes. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time a seal of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two sales of barley for a shekel and at the gate of Samaria. In other words, he's saying, your, your famine is over. Right. Y'all didn't catch it. He's saying, I'm here to announce your famine is over. I'm here to announce your famine is over. He said, I'm here to announce your famine is over. We have been contained as a whole, he says. But I have experience in this area. I know what it is to be contained and come out just fine. I know what it is to, to be contained and get the victory. And I'm here to announce to you that God's going to bring all of us out. 
the same time together out of this corporate containment. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, there's been some corporate containment. There has been some corporate containment. But we're about to get the victory. I wonder if you can shout for EGCC right now. Show you this and we will quit. We're about to get some corporate victory. Now, notice all Elijah told them was the end result, but he didn't tell them how it's gonna happen. You know why? Because he didn't know. All he knew was, I heard a word and I'm gonna release this word. For we walk by and not by. For we walk by and not by. So I don't know how. But God's about to give us a victory. Tell your neighbor, I don't know how. But God's about to give us a victory. Tell somebody else, I don't know how. To give us a victory. Hallelujah. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what he's going to do. But I got a feeling. Everything. shout because everybody ain't expecting and everybody ain't believing because there was a man in this verse verse 2 I want you to make sure this ain't you so an officer on whose hand the king leaned this is one of the guys in his leadership answered the man of God and said look if the Lord were to make windows in heaven could this thing be Otherwise, I was just saying, but no, it, we, we've been contained. It's been too long, and 
I don't know how we're gonna make it. We don't have any might against that great army. We don't, we, we can't beat them. They, they got us down. They got us, they got, they got us held up. We can't get out of this. This economy can't turn around. God can't prosper me in this kind of environment. So the man of God said, this is what I'm saying to anybody here who's gonna express doubt. Don't listen, I'm gonna warn you, don't you dare express doubt publicly. The Bible says if you have faith, faith have, have it to yourself. I want to tell you, if you have doubt, have it to yourself. Don't let that mess come out your mouth. Because if you got a nerve to let that mess come out your mouth, but God ain't about to bless EGCC, like this church ain't about to go to another level, like we ain't about to bust out these walls. If you got a nerve to have it come out your mouth, I'm going to tell you a word. You're going to see it with your eyes. But you shall not eat of it. God, God had a plan. He saw that the children of Israel, people in Samaria, they were being contained. Now watch this. I'm looking for somebody. Now this, 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 is, this, is, this is congregational involvement right here. Because I'm looking for somebody. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate of the city. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? Now all of Samaria is contained, but there were four people who were rejects, four people who were outcasts, four who nobody wanted to be around. Who said, "I can't live like this, and I can't die like this." Listen, I'm searching. I'm only looking for four. Do I have four right now? Four. Who say, man of God, I can't live like this. And I can't die like this. I refuse to stay here the rest of my life. I got to go up. I got to move. I got to run. I got to go higher. I got to go somewhere. The woman with this, your blood, she kept saying, if I touch his garment, I'll be healed. But she didn't stay where she was. She knew she had to put some actions to her faith. So these four lepers, they said, listen, 
If we sit here, we're going to die for sure. If we go on there, we might die, but we might live. In other words, we're going to move on a maybe. They didn't get a word from the Lord. I said, they didn't get a word from the Lord. They just said on, this, on, the, on the inside, I can't live like this, and I can't die like this. What they, what they didn't realize because they were outside the camp that they didn't get a word, but the people had a word. So you ain't got to wait on your own personal word. Y'all got it over here? You ain't got to wait on your own personal word. There's already a word over this house. There's already a blessing on this house. We're about to go and we're about to grow. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise. To their surprise. The containers were gone. What had been containing the people, what had been holding the people back, when some desperate when some desperate individual decided to make a move, God began to move. He'll move when you move. I said, He'll move when you move. I said, He'll move when you move. I said, He'll move. Let me finish this. Then we got to take communion and baptize and go home. But I want you to go home knowing God's giving you victory over containing spirits. I said I want you to know that God is giving you victory over containing spirits. And every spirit that the enemy has released to hold you back, every spirit that the enemy has released to keep you down, every spirit that the enemy has released to drive you backwards. God's about to move every spirit out of your way. He's about to unleash, unlock your divine potential and everything God put inside you is about to go forward in the name of Jesus. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Verse 6. For the, the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses. What? The Lord had caused the Syrians to hear the noise 
of chariots and the noise of horses. This was just four desperate guys. They didn't have no horses. They didn't have no chariots. They had desperation. They had desire. They had, they had hunger. They had the desire to not be contained anymore. They had a desire to not die where they were. And what happened? God caused the enemy to hear a noise that didn't exist in the natural. Y'all, you better catch it. What they heard didn't exist in the natural. But God has the power to disturb everything that's been disturbing you. He has the power to trouble your trouble. He has the, the power to frustrate your frustrations. I want you to give that a praise because you know that everything may hold. No more! No more! No more! No more! No more! I see them praising over there. I see somebody praising. I need to see somebody dancing. Some lepers. Do I have some lepers who gonna praise God? Do I have some lepers who gonna shake it? Do I have some lepers who gonna move? Do I have some desperate people? I can't die like this. I can't live like this. Now watch this. I want you to hear this. Well, Pastor, what happened? I'm going to explain what happened. I'm going to explain what you're about to encounter. Are you ready for this? What happened to my containers? They arose and fled at twilight. But they didn't, didn't just leave, Deke. They left the camp intact. Their tents. The lepers didn't have no tents. A tent is a house. Someone believe in God for a house. God said he about to leave a house that you didn't build, that you didn't feel, and you've been trying to work on it for years and years. Tell your neighbor, here comes your house. Here comes. Here comes your house. Whoa. Now listen, if you got you gonna have a house, your house, your dream house is gonna have at least a two-car garage. Well, good thing, because they left their horses. It said they left their horses. They left their horses. The lepers walked there, but they didn't, they didn't walk back. It said they walked there, but they didn't walk back. They left. They left on horses. That's your car. That's your car. That's your car. That's your car. You're about to get it. It's coming your way.
Now watch, watch, watch. I don't know if y'all can handle it. Can y'all handle it anymore? They left the houses. They left the cars. They left the donkeys. What are donkeys? Donkeys are for transporting your stuff. They left moving vans for all the stuff. And fled for their lives. Now, I'm going to read this and I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go. And when these de desperate EG seers, EGC seers, do I have any desperate EGC seers? When they came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one house and had all kind of food and drink. But wait a minute. You're going to need something to maintain that house. You're going to need something to put gas in that car. And carried from it silver. Tell your neighbor, here comes your money. Here comes your money. Tell them money coming. Tell them money coming. Money coming to the body of Christ. Here comes your money. Here comes your money. I said, here comes your money. I said, here comes your money. You get a house, you get cars, you get U-Hauls, and here comes your money. Everybody praise him. silver and you got gold but that new house got big walk-in closets and God the Bible said God told the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy he said I'm gonna give you houses full of all good things which you did not provide here comes your furniture here comes all your clothes here comes all your accessories. Here comes all your flatware. Here comes all your dinnerware. Here comes all your cups. Here comes all your paper plates. Here comes all your diner. Here comes all you need. It's coming in your house. Now, I, I, gotta, I gotta finish. Now, what the lepers did was they celebrated like y'all did. Eating drinking, bellies getting full and they took silver took gold, took clothes took stuff and they went and hid it in other words, this is just for me but somebody said, wait a minute that ain't right tell your neighbor, that ain't right 
The blessing's too big just for your house. The blessing's too much just for your family. The blessing's too much just for your driveway. The blessing's too big just for you. Tell your neighbor the great things God has done and tell your neighbor there's more where that came from. The same God that blessed me is the same God that'll bless you, is the same God that'll take care of you. The same God, the same God. There's more, there's more. Don't be jealous, don't be envious. There's more. This one's just my victory. It's our victory. It's not just your victory. It's our victory. It's not just your victory. It's our victory. Give God a praise. you one good neighbor find one neighbor and grab him by the hand say neighbor I know it's been a long time I know it's been hard but I got a feeling everything is gonna be all right say neighbor I know it's been a long time and I know it's been hard but the Holy Ghost told me everything is going to be all right. Now say, neighbor, I'm going to praise for you. You praise for me. Are you ready? One, two, ready, pray. I praise for your victory. I praise for your victory. I praise for your victory. You're about to go. You're about to grow. 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 Praise God for your victory. You can't be stopped. You can't be stopped. Ain't no stopping you. Ain't no stopping you. Ain't no stopping. He's been containing, but never again. No longer. I'm not going back. I'm not looking back. I'm on the move. I'm going up. I'm going up.
it go. It's a day of victory for the people of God. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle. Come on, praise team. Come on, praise team. Come on. And I'm going to see. I'm going to see. I'm going to see Say it again I'm going to see I'm going to see Yeah, you take what the enemy 
houses and cars and silver and gold and clothes. You took what you This is how I fight my battles. But this is how I fight my battles. But this is how I fight my battles. This is how, the, how I look for them. The Syrians thought they had them. They thought they had them. But this is how I fight my battles. Yeah. This is how I fight my battles. This is how, this is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look, it may look, it may look like, come on.
have the victory. I have the victory. We have the victory. Every enemy that's been opposing you, trying to stop you, the devil knew the best he could do was contain you. He knew. He knows greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Tell your neighbor, you can't be stopped. You may have been delayed for a little while. The delay has been the containment process. When you get up in the morning and that oppressing spirit tries to come back on you, <laughs> 